Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fins and dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shanderoel, and Earl is in again. No. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Today's show is brought to you by Brett Oden Solicitors. That's right, we've got a sponsor on board for the next few weeks at least. Uh, very thankful for Brett to jump on board and support the show once again. Uh, for those who you may remember from last year, he jumped on at the back end of last season as well, which was uh, very handy for us. Uh, it's the support of guys like Brett and Quantin that allow us to sort of put a bit more time and effort into providing this content for you, getting a bit better equipment for the, the podcast and making it all as best as possible. Joining me today for the show is the high-flying Supercoach Spy. Spy, mate, have you managed to hold your rank or have you fallen down a little bit? Mate, I only dropped 20 spots last weekend. Um, I didn't really know where I sort of landed after the weekend. It seemed to have gone all right for me. Um, luckily, bought in Garrick, which I was always doing, but he went bananas. Uh, my interesting play, what I did last week after having a bit of a look at it was I ended up dropping Hines for Garrick. So either needed needed to be Hines or Gutherson. The logical play was Gutherson as he had Penrith, but I had a little bit more of a look. Uh, tried to do things in three-week bunches, and I realised in round 18... I'm going to struggle to feel feel a side, to be honest. A full 17, it could be pretty bad if a lot of the, um, considering current injuries and then origin players backing up, 17 could be pretty nice for a lot of teams, including myself. And if Hines was to go back to the bench uh, and Pappenhausen returns, which the CEO for Melbourne, I saw an article was discussing as a, as a likelihood there, I'd be left with 16. And then I would have dropped Gutherson, who plays the Titans. So... I'm sort of hoping that Gutho can go ton against the Titans and Heinze basically doesn't play, uh, and that would be a big move for me. But that was the logic in that thinking, but not a bad week overall and held my ground sitting 320th at the moment. So um, we'll see what we can do this weekend and in the month to come. Nicely done, mate. If you uh, if anyone ever needs an example of a bloke doing their homework, uh, look no further than the Supercoach Spy. Also joining us today uh, is a bloke who last time was on the show was struggling a fair bit, well down the rankings, uh, pretty pleased to say he's come sizzling back up towards the pointy end of the overall standings. It is Adam Derusi. Adam, how are you, mate? I'm good, Timmy. Thank you for having me. And um, good to be on with the spy. We're on debut together, so looking forward to it. Oh, very dangerous. Mate, how's the side looking? 
Uh, the side was looking a little bit better before the injuries last weekend and before Teamless Tuesday. Um, as you know, I made the mistake of bringing in Jackson Topine from the Bulldogs and he didn't get named, so um, pretty gutted with that one. But, look, I'm, I'm probably got about average in terms of number of number of starters this week, so I should be okay. Nothing sensational, though. Nice, mate. And you're, uh, well, you're into about 12 or 1,300 overall, is it? Yeah, slipped back about 40 spots, so 1,300th, just a bit behind yourself, mate. So um, I'll, I'll be gunning for you over the next few weeks. Mate, we're about to get to it in the in a minute with the, uh, the amount of numbers players have on deck through your article this week. But I think we're going to be gunning for the Supergoat Spy after this one, after scorching us all season. The Mighty Kuma Stallions, a decent week last week, 1,472 points into just over 1,100th overall. So getting there, uh, bit the bullet, got back Tommy Turbo last week. I, I couldn't hack not owning him for that game against the Doggies. Ended up with 140-odd. Could have been about 340 if it wasn't for the rest chipping him. Uh, also had Jason Saab, who I've held on to this season, who went bonkers. Didn't have Ruben Garrick. Watching him nail just about every kick he could from the sideline was hard to watch for a bloke who's hardly hit one all year. Uh, but fair play to those who brought him in. Um, also looking at about eight numbers this week. Uh, potentially, well, at the moment, prior to trades, if I use two trades, I'll have 10 in which I think will be maybe around about average, possibly a little bit over. Adam will get to it in a minute. On today's show, we'll talk about the key team news out of uh, the four games that came out today. We're going to Adam's data analysis a little bit closer, talk through the hot topics of the week. Uh, we're going to get Brett Oten on the show and chat about keeper leagues in Supercoach, which will blow your mind. Uh, we'll get to it later on, but it's a new format of Supercoach. Not a new format. It's been around for a while uh, that about less than 1% of the population have heard of. Pods out and any pods of the week. Our punning plays, trade skippers, then our questions. So a bit to get through this week. Starting with the key Supercoach team news uh, and the massive one out of today's team list, Joseph Suwali, owned by a host of Supercoaches. Not named for the Roosters, but Spy, Billy Smith named to take his place in the centres. Uh, there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for Suwali owners. Yeah, it's an interesting one on Suwali. There's a bit of chat going around, and this might be common knowledge for some, not for others, that yeah, being w- named in the 21 jersey due to a sponsorship issue with a betting company and him not being 18 years old. So it be interesting to find out whether he's actually playing this weekend or not. It sounds like he could well be, but in saying that, if he's been dropped, we probably don't know that either. But I did have a, a – speaking of homework, I had a quick look, and he has actually played every game this year in the 21 jersey. So that, to me, suggests he's actually playing. Mm, it's a really interesting one because sort of leading into this week – as soon as Billy Smith, who's highly regarded at the club, made his comeback from a, another pretty bad ACL injury, I think he made his comeback about three or four weeks ago. He's got a few games in reserve grade under his belt, especially after the game against the Storm where they they got belted pretty badly, a tough one for, for a 17-year-old to take, especially physically. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Billy Smith's come into that squad. So I don't know if, if Suwali did come in, maybe it would be for Matty Kavalu and not Billy Smith. There is a few options there, um, but again, it's, it's going to have massive ramifications on Supercoach because, I mean, just the matchup, the Roosters against the Doggies of all weeks, uh, the round 17 week where we're limited on numbers, just a huge one. Spy? Yeah, just on that, I think Billy Smith plays uh, if he's fit and healthy because he's a very good player, and Ikevalu seems to be the one out of favour, so maybe Suwali plays wing, which would be brilliant as an owner because you want him on the end of that back line. Yeah. Uh, also, the Roosters, a few other big ones, there was... 
there may be a little bit of speculation that Sammy Walker, who's been managed managed through this season, another young team of the Roosters, he's been named to play again after the big loss last week. Um, massive, massive again with that Bulldogs game to come. Joey Manu to fullback in place of James Tedesco. Victor Radley Black at 13, which is massive for this Roosters side because he had so much of the cohesion of their side and particularly in attack. So uh, I think that's massive for the Supercoach scoring and the output of all their players there. Um, Adam, mate, some brutal, brutal team this, as you mentioned earlier. No Josh Schuster, for those who held him, myself being one of them all this time. No Torhu Harris, which isn't massive because just about everyone in Supercoach that's decent owned him anyway. Uh, and then another one that I owned, and I think you did too, mate, Bailey Simonson, injured late in that Raiders, Raiders tough loss to the, the Titans last week. So some huge names going down there. Yeah, no, it, um, it hurt some of them. I think, like you say, someone like Tohu Harris, it doesn't really matter. I think 98% of teams had... Tohu Harris, so we're all we're all screwed together on that one. So it doesn't not like it makes a difference, but uh, yeah, a few of the others, few of the others there did hurt a bit more. Bailey Simonson, few and I like fifty percent of teams had him. He's just one of those guys you've been thinking, oh, nice to have kept Simonson because he plays the buy. So fifty percent there, but I guess the one for me that went the other way was Ryan James. He hasn't played for quite a few weeks, and I've just had him sitting there hoping he might get a run this week. And he's been named. So I guess that's one where I've got lucky the other way, at least with Ryan James. So about 30% of teams have got him. So that was a bonus for me. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's been a tough round. We've all known it's going to be a tough round because there's not that many players that look like keepers this week. But uh, it's got to get through it. <laughs> Yeah, mate, seriously brutal stuff. Uh, over, I mean, uh, Ruben Garrick named at fullback for Manly with Tommy Turbo out, which was no surprise to anyone. Uh, Jaden Sewer earned a promotion, called up from the Maroons to the Bunnies' first grade side. So congrats to, congrats to Jaden Sewer on that one. No Jackson Topine, as you mentioned earlier. CSC for Talakai off the bench for the Sharkies. Again, bit of a blow for anyone who went early on him. Uh, I did as well. So hopefully he can bag a bit of meat on his time on the field there. Spy, Reese Walsh returns for the Warriors from injury. Was going bonkers before he did. Uh, twins, that little hamstring thing that kept him outside, out of origin too. Matty Lodge, for anyone who held on to Matt Lodge, will get them coverage of round 13 and round 17. Buddy Lodgy. <laughs> yeah, um, Reese Walsh is the interesting one. I mean, fullbacks are a hotbed of talent, but if you've got the trades to use him or you already own him and you're holding him for the buy... Um, he could be awesome, and Nicarema had a foot injury, I believe, so maybe a Reese Wells kicks as well. Uh, but I just can't wait to watch him play, to be honest. What a talent. Adam, the other one coming in there, as the Spidey mentioned, is Cody Nicarema, who I was getting him in last week prior to him getting ruled out pretty late uh, in the weekend for that one, for their game against the Dragons. Because he was out, basically everyone just went towards Sean Johnson, who delivered with 75-odd points last week. There's a lot of people still holding Nathan Cleary who are looking to get rid of him this week. I've seen in the most popular trade-outs. Is Cody Nicarima still an option this week or does the lingering injury from last week make it too much of a worry? Well, I think if they've named him, it's an option. Like I, I would have thought that if he's named, then he's a he's a big option. So just to give you an idea on the numbers there, because like a week ago, we all owned Cleary and and you know, not that many people owned Johnson or Nicarima. So because of that, now, if I look at, say, the top 1,000 um, sites, let's just look at that, 13% still own Cleary, so he's been sold off heavily. 79% own Sean Johnson and 8% own Nick Arima. So 
if you hadn't already made a move, Nicarima is the pod play for sure. Like eight mm. percent Nicarima versus eighty percent Sean Johnson. Um, I, I brought in SJ last week, and I've always been a fan of his. But but you look at that; he's no pod anymore. Like suddenly, he's the most popular halfback. Um, and I think five eight. Oh, no, not five eight. It's Cody Walker's ninety eight percent. So yeah, I think at eight percent ownership, he's a pretty handy pod. I reckon. Massive, yeah. I was super keen on him last week. I think he's just got a tremendous ceiling. He's always been a roller coaster sort of super coach player with you know the highs and the lows, but he hasn't scored under fifty since you know well before round ten. I think that was a low one maybe against the Storm or someone like that. Um, just looks rock solid. So if you can put aside the the injury risk there from last week, which may be very minor, I haven't looked into it too much. But Nick Ream's a huge play in a Warriors side that have added some serious strikers. Said Walsh back there, Matty Lodge coming in, Fanua Blake back from injury and fit and firing. Uh, it's a pretty good side there, and the Warriors have a decent run home. Spy Nuffs. Um, it's something that we've probably overlooked a little bit in the last few weeks because most of the people at SC Playbook are avoiding the Nuff strategy this season. Uh, in the hunt for depth in our sides in the back end of the year. We know how difficult with HOA suspensions, restings, it's going to be to field a team in the last four, five, six rounds or even next week, as you said. So we're, we're sort of have generally been going towards Nuff, away from Nuff, should I say. This is the week on any other given Supercoach year that Nuffs would be a massive play. Um, you know, guys like Xavier Savage, who are coming in at fullback for the Raiders, may only play one week with Jackie White now and, and other things happening. Um, there's a few other you could rattle off. Basically, guys, come in, play one round, start for you in the round 17 bye week, free up some cash, and then don't fetch your team for the rest of the year. Is this something you're still going against, or are there any nuffs that have been named that, that take you interest at all? Yeah, I haven't had a look at nuffs at all this year, uh, which is really interesting. I've never done that before. Um, the way it's the way it's sort of fallen, I already had Sean Bloor and Tuki Simpkin in my side chasing some round 13 coverage initially. Uh, Spencer Lena is still sitting there just because I haven't sort of had a way to move him on. So that's already three. Uh, then I've got Hayes Dunster, so that's four. So I'm certainly, I certainly don't want any more nuffs than that, um, and that's why round 18 could be tight as well, especially with a couple of other injuries and origins. So for me, I haven't had a good look at Nuffs at all. And I think when you consider it these days and with the amount of trades we had, the only reason I would consider getting enough is if you've got someone that you really need to downgrade uh, to free up a bunch of cash in order to get some genuine keepers elsewhere. Uh, that's the only reason I'll be looking at doing it. Otherwise, just just find another way. Uh, and I couldn't even name any, to be honest, at the moment because uh, someone like Xavier Savage at fullback is perfect. Like someone who's just come in to cover an origin player position is who you want um, if you do want enough out there. Yeah, I'm sort of just going through the teams and rattling off a few, but yeah, your, your Savage is an obvious one. Your Blake Tapes at the Bunnies, who's been named to play fullback. Um, Dion Assi at the Cowboys, been named to play fullback there. Adam, is there anyone for you, you know, it might be a case of getting rid of guys like Spencer Lenu or Sean Bloors uh, for an extra handy number this week and, and you know, getting rid of players who were offering nothing to your squad anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I won't be doing it. I've, I've never really been into um, having nuffs anyway myself. I just I just think by the end of the season, some guys that you might have nuffed out might actually be playing for you. I remember one year I came, I can't even remember, like 15th or something, and I had I had a, a prop for St George who was running around. It, it was actually crucial because I had no trades left and he kept scoring me points 
there was such a huge difference for me because I kept him. I had enoughed him. So I've mm. always just stuck with that. And and when I look at the sides this week, there's just no one that um, jumps at me either way. I, I probably made the mistake last week of thinking Jackson Topine was that guy. So um, I already made a mistake. And that Blake, at, that South Blake Taffy or whatever his name is, He's at five eight, so I think that makes him a bit tricky to nuff as well. I don't, I don't know that five eight's a position where you want enough sitting there, just in case of injuries later on. You know, I prefer to to be at centre or second row. So nothing obvious for me, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you, boys. I, I when I sort of made my run last year towards a, a good finish. Almost went all the way. Didn't quite get there, but it was it was basically depth that I credit that run to. And towards the back end of the year, when people ran out of you know trades and, and didn't have any decent players to play in their side and, you know, guns would be injured for one week and, and they, you know, didn't have anyone to cover them with. It was about having, you know, a strong depth in your side. And this year uh, we've spoken about time and time again, but it's going to be even more important. So uh, I don't encourage enoughs, but there are a few out there if that is the way you want to swing and free up a bit of cash in your team and get a few extra points this weekend. Uh, let's jump in, Adam, to your stat analysis for our topic of the week. So just a very quick rundown for anyone who has been living under a rock in the Supercoach world and isn't familiar with his article. Basically, what it does is it reveals the true ownership of players in Supercoach. So, for example, the Supercoach site will show Ryan Pappenhausen at the moment, owned by 9% of teams still, despite being missing for the past two months, basically. Obviously, that's inaccurate because we want to know which players, they're, they're, they're zombie teams, teams who have stopped playing Supercoach you know, months ago and still had him in their team. Uh, Adam shows the teams ranked in the top 100, 1,000, 10,000, 20,000, the active players uh, and what percentage of players that they own. Um, so, Adam, what are the numbers that have stood out for you this week? I know you've done a bit of digging into how many players each team will have going into round 17. <clears throat> yeah, mate. I mean, look, there's a few things to go through because obviously with five trades last week, there's just been a huge amount of turnover in terms of ownership. So if I just quickly go through each position uh, fullback, there's just been a uh, few teams brought in Will Kennedy following um, the leading team who already had him. Uh, a few teams brought in Ponga, but that's that's a longer-term play, and I can see why with his draw, by the way. But otherwise, fullback was pretty quiet. Centre, there was heaps of activity. So Ruben Garrick's now owned by 93% of the top 100, 86% of the top 1,000. So so Garrick is not a POD anymore, but you can see why. I, I brought him in and was... Uh, was, was sickening to me as a Bulldogs fan, but at least I was not getting oh. also murdered on Supercoach because of him. Uh, so he's been brought in by a lot. Actually, quite a few teams brought in Suwali, so that'd be spewing. Uh, what else happened at centre? Uh, Jesse Ramian, I haven't had him in the in the tables in the last few weeks. That's just the stuff up for me because he's he's owned by forty percent of the top hundred. So Jesse oh. Ramian is actually very heavily owned compared to what I had. A few teams have brought in uh, Mulatalo. So, yeah, and Tane Milne from South, about 8%. So, quite a bit of action at centre, as you'd expect. 5-8, uh, it's just all about Cody Walker and Sean Johnson. So, 98% have got Walker and about 80% Sean Johnson. 3 or 4% brought in Kieran Foran. Uh, I, I love him as a as a bloke and as a player, but I don't think he's a super coach relevant oh, player. So anyone that, ranked relatively high, do you know? Uh, 3% of the top 100. Jesus. Uh, I'm amazed. And 4% of the top 1,000. Like, you know, like I said, I think if you know what you're doing in Supercoach, he's just not a Supercoach player. Yeah. Halfback, uh, probably the more interesting thing is just the pods. So Sam Walker, you know, 12% of the top 1,000. So he's suddenly, he's a nice pod play. 
uh, for the spy. I think you've got him right. So, yeah, I do, mate, and yeah. I, I do yeah. need a pod because, as as we said in the the pre show, there, there's a lot of things. It could be hard to make ground because a lot of the top sides are coming up with similar players at the back end of the year, which often happens. So yeah. you've got to sign, yeah. kind of find a way to go up. Maybe Sammy Walker's my avenue. Go, He's Sammy Walker. He's your man, mate. So then second row, a third of teams have still got Pangai, Pangai Jr. So I thought he might have been sold off more. Quite a few teams sold off Ryan Madison. In came Brandon Smith a bit. Uh, Corey Harawira Nyla's up. Oh, David Fafita's up to about 50%. So he got brought in by quite a few teams. Uh, who else have we got here? Jackson Topine. I'm not the only one that made that mistake. We went from about 5% to 10%. Uh, yeah, not a lot of other stuff going at second row. Front row, um, Marty Tapao, he's gone up to about 20% of the top 1,000. So he's he's gone from you know, 2% or 3% or whatever he was to 20%. So quite a few brought him in. Uh, Takiaho went from, I can't remember what he was last week, call it 15, he's now 30. So I, I know I brought him in because he was just so cheap. I just thought mm. I just thought he was the sort of bloke he was cheap and he plays this week and he's a potential keeper. Yeah, you could play him down the track if you're short on numbers and you're not gutted with Takiyaho. It's and an interesting one there, mate, because one of the hot topics last week, which we're actually going to speak about again in a minute because it's still relevant, but it was people would, do they go to Pau, AFB, or Takiyaho? And by the sounds of it, uh, most slept towards Tapau, but again, a, a relatively even split in terms of the other two getting a fair bit of interest still. Yeah, AFB, um, actually, I'll have to type it in, actually. I haven't, I haven't actually... Um... Mm. Updated the tables in time, but that won't take me long. He well, he's up about a third of teams brought him in, so thirty-five percent of the top thousand and forty-one of the top hundred. So AFB was very popular, and I was wishing I brought him in when I saw him play the full first half and and looking pretty good. So I can see why he'd be very popular, and I think he'll be very popular again this week because yep. he's just again he's a super coach player, right? So. The other one was Connor Watson. He finally got sold off, so he's only in about a quarter of teams. <laughs> and he, he then delivers a hundred. <laughs> um, I know I, I kept him on my bench, so it kind of was a different sort of pain. But uh, so, but it's kind of hard. Hooker's a bit of a mess. You know, ten percent he got Cook, ten percent he got Lawton, ten percent he got Ben Hunt. So people are hedging their bets there a bit. The diversity there on the run home is exciting, though, at Hooker. Yeah, it is. It is. I think Brandon Smith's a standout myself at the moment. I keep thinking I'm going to sell him at some point, but now I think he's just a standout hooker, mm-hmm. even though he's not an 80-minute player. The the other thing was then I've, I've looked at the top, well, all, all the teams, the top 20,000, and then uh, basically worked out how many players each team has at the moment, and that's assuming that, as an example, Suwali doesn't play, and it counts someone like Ben Trebojevic as a, as a player in the same way it would count yeah, Cody Walker, even though there's every chance that you know, Burbo could come on and get you two or three points, whereas Walker could get 100. So let's assume that all those players are equal that are playing and named. Then to give you an idea, the average number of players that teams have, in the top 1,000 teams on average they've got 7.7 players. Then the next 1,000 it averages 7.3, then 7, then 7, then 6.9, then 6.8. All the way down to if you're if you're between nineteen and twenty thousand, average is about six point two, and it's pretty much a straight line. So, so the top thousand teams have got just under eight players, and the twenty thousandth team's got about six. So that gives you an idea, depending on how many players you've got, where you you're positioned. So, yeah. as I was saying to the spy before, for him, he's got five players at the moment. It's all pre trades, obviously, 
So if in his position in about 300th, if you've got five players, there's only 1% of teams worse off and there's about four or five percent of teams in your in your boat. Um, but that's like I say, that's counting a Ben Trebojevic as being the same weight as, as a Cody Walker, which isn't isn't gonna be the case. Hmm. That's absolute gold, mate. Thanks for that. And it's uh I mean that's the the question on everyone's lips this week. You know, how many's enough? What what's the average number of players that people have? Well, there you go. Basically it's on eight. Uh give or take people using one, maybe two trades, the average number will be about nine to ten players. And people using two trades this week, gee, after last week's Super Trade Week where it seemed like most people wanted to use or did use four or five, people are going to be very, very scarce after this round. Um, so uh, interesting stuff. Adam's article will be out later on this week so you can get a, a better look at that and the players that interest you as well. Guys, let's jump into the hot topics of the week. Uh, and I want to start with Ruben Garrick, which is, I mean, it's probably more of a you know, question for myself because... You both jumped on him last week for obvious reasons. I stayed off him and went the pod play in Dane Gagai, who, I mean, it cost me a lot of points last week, let's face it. It saved me money in the in the meantime. And I'm really excited to have Gagai as a pod for the run home. And I think he'll stay that way for a fair while. Um, but Gary came out, I think he banged over what was 11 from 11 goals, 169 points. He's now 846K, negative 14 break even. Now, Spy, the question is, is he still a buy this week at that ridiculous price, even though this week he's missing Tom Trebojevic, who we know at Tommy Turbo, how manly went without Tommy Turbo at the start of the season. Um, you know, no DC there either. He does move to fullback where he turned up last game. I think it was in round 14 against the Cowboys. Hypothetical, if you didn't jump on last week, Spy, would you be getting Garrick at 846K? Without Tommy Turbo, we assume the next two weeks – because Manly also played two days after Origin 3 against the depleted Dragons due to their COVID breach. Uh, but, yeah, there'll be no Tommy Turbo there. Well, I'll yeah, I'll speak to you directly, mate. As you said, you don't own him at the moment. Um, having a look at their run home, they do have... They got Melbourne and Parra back-to-back around 21 and 22. But outside of that, assuming Turbo's back around 19, they play Tigers, Sharks, Canberra, Bulldogs again. Cowboys, uh, Tommy might get a rest in a few of those games or one of those games potentially. So you've got to consider, do you want him at fullback? Look, at that price, probably not. But also he had nearly 40 points in runs against the Cowboys. He had a bunch of tackle busts. He kicks goals. His work rate's good. I do fear that if you don't have him in, uh, you're going to fall behind on the run home. He's one of those guys that's just absolutely killing it. It'll be a very bold antipod not to do it. But in saying that, there's merit in it. And for anyone listening as well, I mean, it just might be the fact that you simply can't afford him. Because if you're going to buy Garrick, then you're probably, have to gonna, you're probably going to have to give up another gun on the run home as well. Mm. So I think if you can get him, get him 100%. Uh, but I mean, if it just might not be possible. Uh, but I think you need to do everything you can to do it. Um, but if you can't, just hope that when he does play those games at fullback, whether it be two or three, uh, he doesn't go super well. Uh, and then Melbourne and mm. Penrith might, sorry, Melbourne and Para, I should say, might be able to keep him down a little bit. So yeah, it's not an absolute must buy, but gee, it's it's a dangerous game not owning him. Yeah, look, I'll be avoiding him. I felt okay. I didn't feel good about it after the weekend's game, but I felt okay about it until those moron dragons went and did the breach, and now they're going to have about, I mean, the, they're going to have the local Illawarra side fronting up for them in round eighteen, which. 
terrifies me again because now Garrick all of a sudden becomes, you know, a great shot. Luckily on Garrick there and the, the Dragons there, NRL, I believe, is allowing them to split their suspensions for the what, 12 guys or whatever it is across three or four rounds mm-hmm. uh, because obviously they literally would have the local Illawarra side and, and they need to have a game for, for the TV audience and the fans so they couldn't forfeit. So it means they'll probably have four out that game, which is a lot, but it's not Jeez. as bad as it could have been. Yeah. No, that's interesting. makes you feel slightly better. Hey, Adam, the other one is Jason Saab. As I said, did wonders for myself and those who held last week. 162 points and just carved up, particularly in that late in that second half. Um, 479k now, negative 53 break even. Uh, lots of people are jumping on, on him this week. Is he a buy for you? No way. Not for me. Mm. Uh, like I, I saw him in your side, mate, and I... Yeah, he was running right against the Bulldogs, but he's not going to get to play against the Bulldogs every week. And I think, yeah, I think the difference between, say, Saab and Garrick is Garrick's had, is it five or six tons and then a couple of 90s? And he's and he's goal kicking. I mean, I know it costs a fortune, so I, I'd it'd be a very expensive buy this week, but at least he does look a top four fullback. Whereas Saab, I don't think you could play him with confidence against many sides because he, he can't keep scoring hat tricks. So. Uh, you know, before that 162, he'd scored 67, 26, 42, 30. You're not excited by any of those scores. So, I mean, good luck to you having him. And he's a, he's a player this week and he's going to make a fair bit of cash because of last week. So he's a you know, nice nice guy to upgrade in a few weeks' time. But I, I, I couldn't be buying him. Yeah, I'm with you, mate, particularly with Tommy Turbo out. I mean, we, we keep talking about it, but it makes such a big impact to this manly outfit. So, <laughs> you know, at least Garrick with Tommy Turbo out moves to fullback and we'll get a few more runs on the board and whatnot. Um, Saab stays on the wing and, you know, could very easily go sub-20 this week if manly don't show up. Uh, although, you know, they're playing good footy anyway, but, gee, they're missing some key plays in that side. So I think Saab is a tough one there. Spy, we'll touch on it quickly because we spoke about it a fair bit last week. We did find out a bit more about it this week, but uh, what Adam was speaking about earlier, Tapao versus AFB versus Taukiaho, a lot of people are still going to be looking to bring in one of those three front rowers this week. Of those three, who would you bring in? And on the counter, after Payne Hash played, I think, 65 minutes on the weekend and looked really, really good, and Matt Lodge has now left the Broncos, would you go one of them three this week? Or would you avoid it and just wait for Payne Haas in the next week or two afterwards? Yeah, look, I don't mind the idea of just waiting for Haas uh, next week. I think, as I always say, it's team dependent. Do you need numbers this weekend? I did some maths before. I think there's eight or nine rounds left. So if you were to get, say, one of the buy players over Haas, Haas would need to average about eight points per game more than that player to equal them for the year, which is a lot of points. Because if you get someone like Tapao, who will hopefully average a 60 to mid-60s. That means Haas is going to have to go 70 uh, or maybe a little bit above. So there's a lot of merit late in the season on taking the buy guy if you think they're a good player. Um I will probably get Pow in. On the other guys, I'm not so sure, just given rotations, minutes, injuries. You're going to Pow over Fanua Blake, you reckon? I am, yes. Um, I went Fanua Blake last week, and I think it more than um, justified itself. Yep. No, that's fair, and he looked really good, but Torhu got knocked out, what, 19 minutes in? Um, So Mm -hmm. he had to play really big minutes. I think he played 75 minutes for whatever his score was, about a point a minute. So he could easily revert back to an average of sort of 58-60. I'm happy to take the punt on – well, not the punt, take the 
the slightly more pod play, I think, in Marty Tapao, who's got a little bit more upside in him. Uh, and I just get the feeling, this is based on nothing but my gut feel, that Fanil is going to do something stupid the next few weeks and land himself in hot water. So I'll hope that's the case mm. as a non-owner. But yeah, he's a, he's a good buy. Of course he is. He's cheap. Um, he, he's got a good motor. Um, I don't know how the Warriors pack's going to look. I mean, I know how it looks, but their minutes. Um, it'd be interesting to see moving forward, coming I off an injury. An injury too, Rod. That's it, for sure. Yeah, he he burnt me AFB late last season. I brought him in for Papali or someone, and he uh, I think he lasted about fifteen minutes. I had to trade him out and burn two trades in the podcast. It was absolutely killer. Mm-hmm. On Marty Tapao, Adam, one offload in the last four weeks. I think if Marty Tapao's not offloading, I I don't like him at all in Supercoach. Yeah, and that's what that's why I didn't bring him in because he seems to go on runs of either offloading or not offloading, and I don't know whether it's the coach or whether it's him, but. Uh, like I brought him in one year because he was going offload crazy and I thought, oh, this, you know, he's just a must. And then I don't think he offloaded for about six weeks and I had to get rid of him. And I think it was last year. Last year at the end of the year, not having him was an awesome PRD because so many teams had him and he just kept ch- ch- churning out mid-50s. And mm. so I, I'm happy to go against to power. But I, I can I can see this week he's a, he's a, he's a good number and I think uh, what the spy says there in terms of you know, someone else needs to average pretty well uh, for him to not be a player. And, and without AFB there, he's you know he's more the man in that manly pack. So I think it's a bit different last year, but uh, I don't think he's a must, put it that way. Yeah, fair plays, mate. Um, moving on to where are we at now? Uh, Adam, I'll jump to you again, mate. The bunny's right edge of Campbell Graham and Tane Milne has come into play pretty recently because even when we've seen the bunnies go on tears in the past and their attack being in full tilt, uh, it's happened at times this season. Which this season, which happened at times in the past seasons, they're such a left edge dominant attacking side that it's always been. I mean, Campbell Graham and Dane Gogo have switched between edges at times, but it's always been the left edge center and then Alex Johnson on the left edge who are getting all the points and accruing all the supercoach points. Campbell Graham, the last two weeks, I think he scored what something like four tries in two weeks. Tane Milne is dirt cheap at what two sixty odd k and looks to have hopefully locked in that that spot. Uh, on the right wing, and I think it probably comes down to a little bit Cody Walker sweeping both sides of the ruck, which we talk about quite often on this podcast and how important it is to supercoach output. With Cody now playing both sides of the field, does this give you interest in Campbell Graham or Tane Milne this week? Not for me, mate, just because of my team composition. Like I, they, they just look like... I, I don't. I don't see any of them as either of them as a top four centre going forward. So, mate, I'm desperate for Cody to keep going right because, as you know, I made the foolish mistake of any potting AJ, and since then he's averaged about a hundred. So I'm. I don't have AJ. So I'm getting sick of him scoring hat tricks while I don't have him. So I would love them to go to Campbell Graham and Milne every time because only eight percent have got Milne and only two percent have got Campbell Graham. So. Look, if, if you like them, they're, they're, they're big PODs, but I, I won't be going that way for, for my turn. The, other, the only other thing you made is they can't all score points in that south side. Like there's there's a lot of strike power, and at some point some of them are going are gonna to miss out. Like, you know, even Latrell last week was pretty quiet mm. while Cody was going nuts. So, um, yeah, I, I, not for me. Yeah. Uh, and that's especially probably coming up. They do have a good run, the Bunnies, but there will be some tough games uh, in the back end of the year where you probably don't want to own too many of them. In the short term, looks good, though. What do you reckon, Spy? 
I like Campbell Graham, uh, but I would say just temper expectations a little bit. He's got an outstanding base, which is why I quite like him. He'll often get you 45, 50, even without attacking stats. Uh, and he's obviously got tons in him, as we've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, but just temper expectations a little bit. He might not be an absolute, the bloke that absolutely blitzes it for you, but he could be really rock solid for the run home. Uh, so again, depending on team makeup and depending what you're after, he could be a nice solid buy is what I'd, I'd label him as. His, his 36 base per game is absolutely elite among centre wings. Uh, I'm just not convinced he'll get the attack that he's got in the pa- past weeks, being on that right edge. Um, Spy, Jason Taumalolo is a guy that you haven't been keen on in recent weeks. He's ticking along okay, and he's sort of getting there. I know you had a stat two or three weeks ago, and we had a good chat about him about him not busting a tackle in three or four weeks in a row or something outrageous. I think the t- past two or three weeks, he's busted maybe three or four each game. Scored three, two-round average of f- uh, 57 points per game in 58 minutes per game. Starting to get there, mate. He's bottomed out at the perfect time for Supercoaches at 460K, uh, he has to be tempting you, doesn't he? Yeah, he's getting back there a little bit. Um, this is actually highly relevant for my side this week. I've got um, I've got Torhu there, who I've, I quite I lack a lot of depth in the back row. Uh, Barnett's my fourth option there, and Frizzell could be back next week. And I don't know what's going to happen to Barnett, so Torhu could be the man that may need to make way for me this week. Um, we've just heard, I don't know if you saw that, but he, he looks like he's out for a month with an AC joint injury. Uh, so I potentially might have a look at Jason Tamalolo. Uh, there's other, a few other guys on the cards for me, like a, a Tupanua from the Roosters, but I think Tamalolo is an option. Uh, again, he's probably in the, the Campbell Graham basket a little bit. Temper your expectations if you own him, but he stood, should still be really solid. And now he's busting a couple of tackles again. Sort of hope he'll get up to average sort of almost 60 uh, with the potential for more, as we know, uh, if he gets fit as the, as the season goes on. Yep. Adam, a big question this week, which I think a lot of people will be mulling over, is Daniel Tupu v Jesse Ramian relatively similar Supercoach players in the sense that they both have outstanding base stats. Tupu obviously being probably a better attacking side, finds more tries, probably has the higher ceiling than Ramian, but Ramian has been you know rock solid all season. Are either of those two on your radar this week? And even if they're not, who would you go first? Who would you pick first out of Tupu and Jesse Ramian? Look, I've never really owned either of them, so I, I'm – they're not guys I've watched super closely, but if I had to pick one this week, I would go um, Tupo myself just because Ramian at 30 or 40% ownership is not a PRD, and I just don't think he's that elite that he deserves to be owned by, you know, third or 40% of teams, particularly the leading teams, whereas Tupo, uh, I can't find him in front of me, but I think it's about 8% or something, or even less, or 6% and 4% of the top 100. So... So I think for POD value, I would go Tupo, and they're also playing the dogs. So as much as I hate to say it, you know, he could score a thousand uh, this week. Mm. So that that alone could just make him worthwhile. So, and and the sharks just aren't that good, mate. Like the sharks, I, I don't rate them that highly. So I would go Tupo. Just back on Taumalolo for one sec. Um, I'm seriously tempted by him. He's just so cheap, and he's just such a POD. Like he's owned by four percent of teams. You know, I, I think I need to find a solution to Tohu Harris. So when I toss up between, say, AFB or Taumalolo, I don't know. I'm, 
I know he's been going ordinary, but at the price he is and at four percent ownership, and he's not in the top ten to players traded in. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna bring him in. Mm. I'm. I'm with you, mate. And I. I brought him in a few weeks ago. Uh, it was definitely prematurely. It's panned out okay um, as it's turned out, but you know, pending how your team set up, let's say this week it's not really an issue because we don't only have X amount of numbers anyway. But let's say leading into next week, you've got your two front rollers there playing that are guns. You've got your three back rollers, um, and you've got a bit of depth in your team. Anyone that's you know weighing up guys like yeah, Fanua Blake, Taukiahos. Um, you know, Luke Thompson's, there's a few others there, even Tupanua for Spy, who I don't mind Tupanua. But, you know, you're getting guys that'll probably punch out 50, maybe 60, if they somehow jag a rare attacking stat, maybe 70 or 80. Versus Tao Malolo, who I think he's getting back to full fitness and looking a bit better, will get his 50-odd, but can go 100 on any given week. I just think it's a no-brainer that you get Tam Lolo into your side. So, I mean, I think Tam Lolo should probably be a bit more popular than he is this week. Uh, I'd be surprised if with Tohu Harris now out and obviously not named in the team this week that his ownership doesn't rise quite significantly this week. But uh, even if he's in semi-pod territory, I think he's pretty good. The other one for you, Adam, before we wrap up our hot topics, I know the Spy's already an owner, so we won't talk about it, but I'm pretty tempted by Sammy Walker at 443K. Game against the Dogs. Pretty enticing. There's a bit of an injury around, you know, how you'll be managed over the back end of the season. But now that Josh Schuster hasn't been named, um, I mean, I can get rid of Schuster, switch Burton or SJ from half down to 5'8". Is Sammy, are you keen on Sammy Walker at all, knowing what he's capable of? Yeah, I think I think at that level of ownership and the current price, I would be. I probably won't bring him in just because of I've got other um, issues to sort out with Bailey Simonson and Tohu Harris and just my my team, but I could see why I could see why you would like in your situation now that Schuster's kind of not served his purpose of playing this week. I don't know a match against the dog with a with a half that does a lot of attacking like him. He could he could go monster. Uh, so I I think he'd be a great pair to have this week. Mm, yeah, I'm pretty tempted. At it's an interesting play and. Particularly Schuster. Schuster's a serious footballer, but comes back with a, what was a hamstring injury or something going on there. I can't remember, remember exactly what it was, but comes back <clears throat> into a side that's been in serious form. You know, he's not going to play in the halves with uh, Foz and DCE there. You've then got uh, Hamole Olakaatu and the other back row, got Carl Lawton, who have both been playing good footy. So, you know, does he get managed back into that side in 50, 60 minutes? Um, so, I mean, a really disappointing shoot. I was excited to have him this week for 17, but it hasn't panned out, unfortunately. But, yeah, I think Sammy Walker's a huge, huge play at 443K. And the tougher games on the run home, you don't have to play him. We should have enough depth in our team that um, you can pick and choose the opposition you play him against. Uh, anyway, that's it for Hot Topics this week, guys. Let's throw to a little chat I had with Brett Oaten during the week. On deck for the second time on the SC Play podcast, we have Brett Oaten, the new sponsor of the show, uh, Brett, firstly, thank you for the support once again this season. Uh, and more importantly, how's your Supercoach side going? Uh, well, uh, my pleasure, Tim. It's great to be back. Uh, I've got a couple of Supercoach teams, you know, not, not in the same thing. I've got a classic team and I've got a, a, a draft team and I'm happy to report that they're both absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, mate. Join the pack. Mate, one thing we did want to in particular get you on to talk about this week is something that listeners of the SC Playbook podcast last season would know about. You came on at the back end of the last season to talk about Supercoach Keeper Leagues. Now, this is something that 
I, I genuine, genuinely believe less than 1% of super coaches would probably know about. It's another format of super coach run by News Corp on the same screens, the same desktops of, of super coach that we that give us classic, that give us our draft leagues. There's also an option at the start of every season to run a keeper league. Mate, tell us about this because people, including myself up until late last year, have no idea what a keeper league is. So it's a, it's a draft league where, um, where everybody uh, has in, uh, unique players in their team. Um, but, uh, you know, in a normal draft league, all the players are released at the end of each year and, and you redraft from scratch the following year. So, you know, you might have Tom Turbo for a year and then the following year he's up for the number one pick in the draft or whatever. Whereas in a keeper league, you keep your players from year to year. We're probably seven, six or seven years into our Keeper League. Um, in draft, you only get uh, 17 players, of which 13 play. And then so your draft every year is only for new players into the player pool or players that people in the league um, w- wish to release. So the challenge is that because you carry your teams over from year to year, if someone gets hurt for the season, it's not just a simple case of releasing them. You've got to think about whether you want to hang on to them next year. There's also strategies around trying to grab young players and nurse them through if you think they're going to be really good. So it's it's a draft league, but it's a kind of, in my opinion, a significantly harder version of a draft league. Mm, interesting stuff. It. It's a completely different landscape of Supercoach in terms of strategy. So as you said, it's a draft. Uh, there are district, different aspects, but the biggest thing that changes is the strategy being basically short-term to long-term. Your regular NL Supercoach draft, it's a lot of it's quite short-term where you know you might be you might need wins to make your head-to-head finals in your current league. Keeper, I mean, as you said, you're not going to give up someone like a Ryan Pappenhausen who might be out for six or seven weeks where, you know, you may trade in, in regular Supercoach draft. In Keeper League, you wouldn't. Um, it, it's all long-term, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so in a normal draft, when a player is injured and out for the year, whether that's Luke Keery or, you know, whoever, you would automatically release them. Whereas in a Keeper League, you really got to think about whether you'll release them or not. And then at the end of the year, guys that can't make the finals are picking up injured players for next year. So there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts. It's, it's, it's quite difficult and it's, it's really good fun. The part that excites me out of it, and, and I might have jumped into it and, and get a keeper league going for next season, is, is the fact that it rewards keeping an eye out for young talent and rewards doing a bit of research on these young guys um, for example, you know, someone who may have seen Reese Walsh come up through the grades, know that he's a, going to be a freak of the game. Obviously, there was a little bit of hype about him, but I think he exceeded expectations. Someone who's done the homework on Reese Walsh jumps on, gets him before, you know, in the draft at the start of the season or even later on, maybe. That, they've then got a stud of super coach keeper league for the next 10 years, and, you know, they've got them off the wires, basically. Well, indeed. And uh, funny you should mention that because I was keeping an eye on Reese Walsh and the minute that he appeared in the player pool, which is when the Warriors put him into their top 30, I grabbed him. Um, and as you say, hopefully I can keep him for, for 10 years. And uh, mm. likewise, last year, one of the guys in our league uh, grabbed Sam Walker the first time he was named in the 21 for the Roosters and he nursed him for basically six months before he could play. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Mate, the other one you picked up where we were talking off air, Dane, Dane Laurie. Uh, was it 
pick 15 in your draft at the start of this season? Yeah, so I, uh, I I couldn't believe that he fell to 15 in the draft. I think he's pretty good and I picked him up. And then the tricky thing is that that's a pretty, uh, you know, you use your first round draft pick. Uh, I've played him in the centres all year. I would imagine uh, that he will only be at centre wing next year. Um, and so if I've got a good fullback, I probably can't play him. Mm. And uh, so I might have wasted my draft pick given that I'm currently coming second last in my league and didn't get a lot of, you know, it was really it was good this year, um, but uh, the rest of my team were not so good. So, yeah, so, again, you've got to think ahead. Because, uh, you know, I used to have Luttrell, but when he became fullback only, I couldn't play him. So... It's it's there's a lot of things like you might pick a guy and go maybe I'll get a year out of him before his positional kind of requirements change and I might be able to use him or I might not be able to use him. Yeah, it's it's a crazy concept and as you said, it's just like a draft league. And I mean, there's there's lots and lots of players that play Supercoach Classic. There's a decent amount that play draft, but uh, you know, Classic's the big one. Draft second most popular. I'm not sure what the numbers are like in keep leagues, but as you said, you've got Laurie there, who you've got two star fullbacks, so you know, effectively, you know, you won't be able to play him. But again, you, you can. That's just where where more draft strategy comes into it, isn't it? Where you've then got to Indeed. try and offload Laurie for a decent player, you know, elsewhere in your side. As far as I know, Tim, there are 16 people playing keeper draft, and they're all in our league. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this year uh, it's been harder still because, as I said, you can only have 17 in your squad. You can only play 13. And with the injuries and the sin bins and the suspensions this yeah. year, it's been really hard to feel the team for a lot of people most weeks. And uh, so it's been uh, re- really difficult and, and really good fun. What is uh, that? I, say that, I say that as a Victor Radley owner. Yeah, oh, geez. <laughs> Tough year. Um, uh, what would you say, why is it that your mates are attracted to keep leagues? As you said, you've, you're a, like the rest of us, you're a rugby league nerd, a super coach nerd. What is it that attracts you to keeper leagues as opposed to your regular draft or your classic? I just think um, that we like the bragging rights that come from um, getting someone early and seeing them go well or, mm. or outsmart your friends Um or, or or claim that you're outsmarting your friends and fail to do so. It, it's just the continuity of it means that you can really, I know it sounds ridiculous, but you can really kind of uh, take pride in your team. It's, it's just as an extra element that I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it. No, it's a, it's a really great concept and, and definitely worth having a look at. Uh, so for anyone who is interested in finding out a little bit more about Keeper Leagues, uh, I mean, you can hit up hit us up at SC Playbook with questions to us, but I think Brett's probably your man. Jump onto Twitter and hit Brett up on his Twitter handle. Uh, contact us. We'll, we'll hook you up with that. Brett, mate, as I mentioned, you did jump on board to sponsor us this season. What does your firm have to offer uh, to potential customers? So we're a law firm. Uh, we're based in Newtown in Sydney. Uh, not that we go there that much these days, uh, but we act for clients all over Australia and internationally, and we tend to work for the creative industry. So you know, startups, small businesses, that might be in advertising, in entertainment, in film and TV, in tech. And so if you're starting a business, we can help you with all the legal requirements of that. If you're building your business, whether that be investment stuff, shareholders agreements, employment work, trademarks, all that kind of business stuff we do for, we tend to do that for creative businesses. We do a lot of work in the music industry, film and TV, advertising, stuff like that. 
Yeah, brilliant, mate. Basically, for all the battlers out there and entrepreneurs getting a bit of a start in the industry and starting out their own business, uh, all the nuts and bolts that otherwise wouldn't have a clue where to start from. Yes, business is like a SC playbook, Tim, for example. Exactly right. Great example. <laughs> no, that's great, mate. Again, really appreciate the support. And, Brett, thanks for coming on the show and talking us through Keeper Leagues. My pleasure, Tim. Thanks for having me. Cheers, mate. Guys, jumping back into it, thanks to Brett for that discussion about Keeper Leagues. Super interesting stuff and worth having a look at next year, I think, for a lot of us. Um, pods and antipod plays. Spy, I'll start with you. What have you found this week? It's a little bit more tricky this week. Obviously, there's a lot on the cards last week with five trades, but I'm thinking my antipod might be Fenua Blake, as we discussed a little bit before. Um, I mean, as I said, there's nothing wrong with getting him in. He looks a solid option, but I'm just hoping he might land himself in a bit of trouble or maybe that injury flares up again. Um, Plus, with the stacked Warriors pack, he might end up being one of those blokes that's really solid for the rest of the year without going off. So he might be someone you can afford to to bypass there um that sort of combines with my my pod play which i've said before but it's just saving a trade if you can um i think just given the scoring that we've seen all year from outside backs if you can hold on to an extra couple of trades for the back end of the year say trevojevic or, or one of those blokes gets rested in the last couple of rounds you might be able to bring in someone like ponga uh, with knights fighting for finals and and with a bit of a soft run home, that could be 150 points in one week alone. So that's sort of what I'm trying to get. There's blokes that that uh, teams are going to have to get back in or they'll want to get back in, including Harry Grant, Pappenhausen, uh, potentially Ponga, Fafida, all these sort of guys. And with trades going out the window, I think you're not going to be able to get all those guys back, whereas they'll be in my team. So that's kind of my pod play, chasing those those really high upside guys and maybe foregoing 60 points this week in the bye uh, to catch it up later on. So that's sort of where I'm leaning as a bit of a tactical anti-pod pod play. Um, and uh, well, you just mentioned it, but Sammy Walker's my pod play for sure. There's risk with him being so little and maybe at some stage they sit him but he's got massive outside and the Roosters' draw opens up a little bit. So I'm excited to own Sammy. So we'll see how he goes on the weekend and hopefully goal kicks as well. But I'm not certain on that. We'll have to see. Like it, Spy. Adam, what have you come up with, mate? Hey, my, we've talked about them both, actually. My my pods would be uh, Taumalolo or Sammy Walker, just because I maybe – I'm not bringing in Sammy Walker, but I think he, he would be a great pod player. Uh, Tamalolo, I probably will just because he's just so low ownership. My antipod is more just hoping rather than giving advice, but I'm just hoping Alex Johnston. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Oh, mate, 90%. <laughs> it's just one of those ones where 90% of teams have him and I don't. So he's just killing me and he just can't keep scoring. And so I'm so glad they didn't name him at fullback with Latrell out, even though he scores on the wing, I know. Mm. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm death riding him. So I'd, I'd call it more who am I death riding rather than who am I any pod. Mate, your only hope is that Wayne Bennett says, all right, our left edge is perfect. Uh, let's go get a bit of ball to our right edge and give them a bit of practice for the run into the finals and, and exactly. make sure that Alex Johnson and Cody don't touch it on the left side. That'd be great. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so you see what strings we can pull. Uh, no ones for the week. I Again, I'm a little hesitant on him, but Campbell Graham in 3% of teams – 36 base per game. Cody sweeping. We've spoken about it. I'll probably avoid because I went Gagai last week and I don't want to stack too much on bunnies, but he's a pretty good play. 
And I was interested that Adam in his stats before mentioned Ronaldo and Mulitalo were sort of owned by a little bit more than I anticipated. Um, but three and five round average of about 69 points per game. His 21 base per game isn't great, but always looks pretty likely. He'll be fired up after his origin snubbed by the NRL. So just a sneaky one there, Mulitalo. The one issue there I do have is I think you want the right winger in the Sharks, which I think Mulitalo's been playing on the left. I always want the bloke on the right playing outside Sean Johnson. Um, but they have chopped and changed in the past, so worth having a look at. And I think my antipod play for this week is just around captains. Um, there's not a lot of standout captains this week. Cody Walker's probably the only obvious one in teams. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bunnies have a lot of players out, a few of their forwards out and whatnot. So just maybe going for, for some antipod captains like Sam Walker that we spoke about, maybe a Daniel Tupu or a Tamalola who can both go big on the day. Obviously, we'll get two free cracks at it this week because no one will have 17 players and we get the the, the vice-captain loophole shot at it. But I just think it, it's a terrific week to, you know, maybe you avoid Cody or put Cody as your VC and, and go somewhere and someone that will be a lot smaller in captaincy this week. <clears throat> Fellas, let's jump into a few top sport punting plays of the week. Uh, last round, myself and Desi both came undone by David Nofaluma's intercept try late in the game against the Bunnies, which cost them the lines. A bit of a bugger there. The spy, we gave him an absolute pizzling last week about going into the negatives. He nailed the manly line into Alex Johnston getting a double and won about 48 bucks there off his $10. So, Come on. Come so on. The spy's back. Leaderboard, I'm up $135 this season. The Spies back into the into the black at $30.50. Yes. Desi's dropped into the negative in negative $1, but um, I'm backing Desi to have about $1,000 multi to pay off by the end of the season, uh, and he'll crush us all, but we'll see. Spy, what have you got this week? Oh, I'm so pumped after that. Okay, on to this week. Just quickly, on my own personal punting, I had a bet, same game multi on Sunday. It was a big punt of three whole dollars <laughs> that I had left in my account. And if that you've got Nof- it, spend it, Spy. That's it. And that Nofaluma intercept at the end of the game nailed my three-way multi-same gamer because I had Alex Johnson two, Nofaluma to score, and Bunnies to cover the 22-point line. And his intercept got me both of them at about 15 to 1. So, you beauty. As for this week, let's have a little look at what I've got here. Going for the double, I've got a... Daniel Tupo double into a Cody Walker anytime try scorer. Haven't obviously the odds aren't out yet, so I'm not sure what that'll pay, but I'm gonna have my my hard earn on that one this weekend, boys. Like it, mate. Ads, what have you come up with? Mate, I I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think the Raiders covering the line like with the start is a great bet. Like I, I think um well they're getting thirteen and a half start against Manly. Who don't have DC and don't have Turbo. Like, I just think they're a different proposition. And the Raiders, I mean, I know they're going like bustards, but um, man, I think you know the halfback can steer them to a to a win with thirteen and a half starts. So I, I reckon the Raiders uh, with the start into Souths giving up the start. I think yeah, I know they've got a few out as well, but they've still got Cody, and uh, I think they'll I think they'll cover the sixteen and a half against North Queensland. So I'd, I'd go. Canberra with 13 and a half in the south, giving up 16 and a half. I think it's playing 360 or something. Nice, mate. That's, uh, that's music to my ears as a Raiders fan, hearing hearing a bit of faith in the green machine after I was tossed up last weekend. So <coughs> I bloody hope you're right on that one. I've gone a same-game multi, top sports same-game multi odds are ridiculous. So jump on them if you are keen. They actually add up. Roosters v. Dogs. Roosters to cover the line. Tupu, to, Tupu and Ikevalu. Uh, if... 
if um, what's his face Suwali does come in onto the wing, uh, it'll be him. So whoever the wingers are, Tupu and the other winger to score two tries each. We'll pay about seven or eight bucks. Uh, that's the one I like in that game. On to our round seventeen trades and skippers. Spy, start us off. Yeah, I'm. I'm not 100 percent sure, boys. But at this stage, if I had to lock him in right now, I'd be bringing Martin to Pow in for TPJ and either Tupanua or Tamalolo for Tohu Harris. Uh, Captaincy-wise, I'd love to double down on Sam Walker and see if he can explode. Uh, I'm just having a look at whether... I don't know if I want to straight captain him. Very nervous doing that. So I'd love to get the VC on him, but then I don't know if that leaves me a captain on the Sunday. So I'm going to hold fire on the VC and captaincy for the moment, but I'm sort of aiming somewhere around the Sam Walker territory. Uh, otherwise, Garrick's a nice one on Friday night just to go a, go a VC and see what he can do at fullback with the goal kicking and then move from there. Nice, mate. And Adam, what have you got? Look, I think the spy's convincing me to hold a trade. I think I'll probably I'll probably trade Tohu to Taumalolo and I'll probably hold fire on my other trade just because, I don't know, there's just not that many guys that... I'm loving. Um, Sam Walker would be the other one, but then I'd be trading out Connor Watson, who I, I think I can have Connor Watson floating around as an 18th, 19th man for the rest of the year if I need him. So, Whereas I, I actually need to trade Bailey Simonson to someone at some point, so I'll probably just save that till after Origin and bring in some like Val Holmes or something like that. So I think I'll just bring in Tao Malala. Look, on the captaincy again, you've got me thinking because it just looks so obvious that to VC Garrick and then Captain Walker. I reckon so many people are going to do that because everything else just looks a risk, and I don't have Sam Walker, so um, and I and I'm not confident enough to to captain Sean Johnson, so I don't know. I just don't really have any other options, but I I feel like that's not going to be a POD play at all. But my other my other players are all good for a solid fifty, but nothing nothing exciting. So I yeah, think I'm going to have to do it. It's pretty slim pickings this week for skippers, and that's why I think there is opportunity there, but but also risk as well. Um, night trades for the week. Uh, I think I'll probably have to go Bailey Simonson to Tupu, Daniel Tupu at this stage. That may be my only trade, but I'm also thinking now, based on the Schuster chat we had before and the fact that all these players are out, just going gung-ho and attacking with two trades this week and going Schuster to Sammy Walker, uh, hold Tohu and then go Tohu to Fifi next week. And it'd leave me with, I've got eight trades before I do this. So it'd leave me with six after this week. But the depth across my squad, I'm extremely happy with. I've got, I sat out a stupid amount of decent players last week. So I'm pretty happy to have a little, um, to be only having sort of six trades left after this week, but having that depth. Uh, but again, it's not going to hurt to save a trade either. But I'm thinking about attacking and, and taking one out of the Desi Creek playbook on that one. Skippers. I mean, I know I just spoke about the anti-pod play of captains, but I think I'll be Cody VC, and then I'm if I do bring in Sammy Walker, really tempted to captain him against the Dogs on that one. So anyway, as we always say, there's there's a lot to play out between now and the end of the week on those ones. Guys, Quantum have uh, jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. They're Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantin team today. Uh, have a think about it. If you're interested, Adam would be your boss, which means you can get paid to chat Supercoach all day and probably play golf. So I don't think that'd be a bad gig at all. So hit us up if you're interested on that one. Fellas, let's jump into questions and wrap it up for this week's episode. 
And I'll start with one from Bradley D. And this will go back to Adam, who mentioned him earlier. But the question is, is Will Kennedy a legit option? Would be trading Pangai out via Jules, have 11 trades left, no Paps, Cleary or Grant. Was close to bringing him in last week, went Gagai instead. Adam, you mentioned that, I think you said that the team leading uh, Supercoach overall brought in Kennedy and the team coming third or fourth might have done similar. Do you consider him a serious option in that he's only available at fullback? Well, I, I didn't. No, I mean, I, I I just think it's you're burning trades. Like you, mm. you're bringing him in and you're going to have to move him out for one of the other guns, in my opinion. Like he's definitely not a keeper till the end of the year, surely. But I can see why the leading team brought him in a couple of weeks ago. Like he's, he's actually proven he's, he's kind of gained because of it. Like he had him against the Broncos and he outscored Gutherson. So good luck to him. But I think he's going to have to turn him into Pappenhausen or Ponger or someone. So I think you're burning a trade and trades feel like a luxury, but, you know, good luck to him. I mean, that leading team, by the way, you've got to give him the credit. Like he's got Will Kennedy. He's the only team pretty much in the top 1,000 that's got um, – is it Britain or Brighton Nakora from the Sharks? So he's and, and, and last week he captained. Um, who did he captain? He captains. He didn't captain Tommy Turbo. Jesus. He captain Cody Walker. So he's got some um, got some guts. Like he's he's leading every team around him is captaining Turbo, and he captained Cody. So he's not he's not afraid to to do something different, and it's working at the moment. So. Um, who am I to say? But I, I think you're burning a trade with Kennedy. Mm, yeah, I think you'd – that's serious guts from me, as you said. I, I love that. I it, it's the kind of person you'd love to see win it overall who just goes in these flies, backs themselves and see it pay off. So good luck to him. Uh, I think you're right on Kennedy. I think you'd really want probably minimum 10 trades because you're definitely using two trades to get him in and getting him out for a gun post-origin. So uh, it's a short-term play, but, yeah, again, one that uh, big kahunas might, might pay off for. Spy – I don't know how much research you've done on these blokes because I hadn't sort of done a lot aside from one of them, but Derek Woodston um, asks, Wade Egan versus Sam Verrills versus Lachlan Croker as backup hooker for the run home and around 17 number. I mean, they're all pretty cheap. Um, Croker's probably bounced out in price a little bit. Verrills is particularly cheap. With so much uncertainty around the hooking position, um, Adam Statt showed it before about how, how diverse the position was. Is there a play to get an extra number in this week and have a backup hooker for the run home? Oh, look, I don't hate it. Um, I guess you're probably going to be looking at running Harry Grant and then your backup hooker if that's the situation. Um, looking at Verrills, he scored okay in limited minutes this year. Just put him up now. He scored 42 against Melbourne in 66 minutes. We know they're hard to score on, so... If you're going to do it this week, maybe you are taking Verrills at the cheap price and um, having a crack and see how he goes. That, out of those three, anyway, that's who, that's who I'd move on. Yep. Uh, I'll throw another one at you, Spy. One from Sam Pickard. <coughs> hey, guys. Great pods. Thank you, mate. Thoughts on Olika R2 with Manly's draw and buy coverage. So just a quick little dive into him. Playing 70 to 80 minutes every week the last three rounds. Three-round average of 73. Should obviously play big minutes again this week. 443K. Spy, any interest there? Uh, talking about flying under the radar, he's been good, hasn't he? Jeez, not wrong. I um, I don't even realise, but he's looked good on, on the field, except for not passing to Trevojevic. He wanted to score it himself. I think yeah, that was him yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> was not interested. Was never passing it to him. <laughs> um, oh. And Tommy blew up Deluxe. But, yeah, look, he scored three tries in three weeks. Uh, so that concerns me. And the other concern is I think 
off the top of my head, Syrian might be due back soon. Maybe Gajewski. So and I think, Schuster. Yeah, and Schuster. So it's a no from me just with that back row depth at Manly. Yeah. Good luck to anyone who did jump on him when Schuster got injured because that would be, have been an absolutely golden trade. Adam, one from Paddy Egan. Do you think Haas is now a mast with Lodge gone? Uh, yeah. What do you think on, on Payne Haas? I don't think he's a must. I think he's a nice POD. I think I just think with trades, to me, it's probably going to come down to like a guy like that. If one of my front rowers go down, he'd, he'd be the first one I'd bring in. Mm. But I'll probably – I just think realistically from this point on, my trades will be going to wherever I lose a gun. So if I lose a gun halfback, I'm going to have to bring in a halfback. So I, so if you know if one of them happens to be a prop, then Payne Haas could be the guy. But – I don't think he's a must just off one game. For some reason, Kevy just doesn't play him the big minutes and use him like like last year. But but he's he's yeah. a nice player to have. That's it. I mean, I mean, in context, he played sixty four minutes last week for ninety points. Had that really nice try assist, line break assist. The week before that, sixty four minutes for fifty seven points. Uh, if we go back a month before that, he had games where he played sixty two minutes for fifty seven points, sixty minutes for fifty two. So. Even with the bigger minutes, it doesn't mean he's scoring that well. So he did need that. The try assist, line assist was his first try assist or line assist uh, all season and hasn't scored a try. So it has all been in base with 55 base per game. But uh, as I said, he's certainly not a must-have, but you know, worth a warrant for a look anyway. Spy, question from Brett Ryan. He asked, Tupu or Manu? Manu's an interesting one who we haven't spoken about. Fullback for the Roosters. If Teddy doesn't back up this week, uh, sorry, next week from Origin, Manu will, we'd assume, get another crack at fullback. We've seen what he can do at fullback in the past. Is he a bit of a pod flying under the radar as a short-term play, or would you be going Tupu? Look, short-term only on Manu. Um, outside of fullback, he's got a lot of scores in like the 20s and 30s, so you don't want that in your side. If you've got the trades and you want to bring him in for like two weeks, that's fine, but I mean, for me, Tupo all day. He's got good base and scores a lot of tries, so Tupo for sure. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I think he's definitely the long term play there, Daniel Tupu. Uh, but Manu could put on a big score this week against the Toggies. So if you are tempted by the short term and maybe have a few trades up your sleeve, not a bad option there, fellas. Great show, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, let's wrap that one up for today. Spite, big thank you, mate. Thanks, fellas. Been good. Adam, cheers for coming on, mate. No worries. Thanks, boys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in.